All right, well, let's, uh, let's get into uh, talking about what we, talked, what, uh, what we started last week and talking about uh, connections, talking about connections. Let's go to Acts. Uh, these first one, two, three, four, five scriptures or so, you guys will not find at the lower thirds because they're audibles. And because of my day today, I didn't get a, t- a chance to send those to you guys. I'll try to do the best I can for, the, for you guys not to be looking for stuff in the back. All right, Acts 18 uh, is definitely an audible, so go there. Acts 18, and we'll lock in here on verse, we'll lock in here on verse 9. And this is uh, Paul just going through a process where he decided to represent God. And he's dealing with a level of uh, uh, opposition. And so here in verse 9 it says, Then the Lord, then spake the Lord to Paul, uh, Acts 18.9, I'm sorry. Then, then spake the Lord to Paul in the night by a vision, be, uh, by a vision, be not afraid, but speak. And hold not thy peace. Speak and hold not thy peace. So he's saying, don't, don't be afraid to share um, what I need you to share. Speak, don't hold your peace. He says, for I am with thee. He says, and no man shall set on thee to hurt thee, for I have much people in this city. He's saying, basically, he's saying, I have much connections in this city. He says, so all you got to do is, if you're rolling with me, trust there's, I always have connections around you. Uh, I think through, um, um, uh, just from this thought, when we plug into uh, being obedient to God and doing what God asks us to do, we connect to the connection. When we plug in, we connect to the connections. When we plug in, we connect to the connections. So I was thinking of through uh, uh, Pastor Den who taught at our anniversary, been out here a lot, um, and I remember his, his story of, of saying, well, I'm coming to church. If God doesn't show up, I'm going to, uh, I'm just going to go out. I think he said, have me a 40 and smoke a bag of weed. I'm done with church. I'm done with everything. If God doesn't show up. So that particular day he comes to the altar. And as an assistant minister, the pastor had us pray that day. And I prayed for him. And we've told the story before, but the Lord just gave me this vision of, of defibrillators. And, and I, I told him, I said, well, I said, these hands are going to be a defibrillator. And I said, uh, I'm going to hit you in the chest, and it's going to shock you back in what God wants you to do. So I hit him. He fell, and he gives the story. I didn't find out maybe like five years later. He's a minister when I find out. <laughs> and he says, uh, that day, he said, it's like, uh, it's, it's like uh, the out-of-body experience how God uh, awakened him to the life that he lives now. Now he's a pastor. But again, that's, that's an example of how God has connections. Here he was believing for something, and God set up, and we're, you know, our families are connected to this day. Uh, not because of that incident. You know, we developed a connection uh, way before I even heard the story. I heard the story. We heard the story right before we were leaving, uh, the night before Pastor Mel was moving out here to Charlotte. And then I, and, and Zipporah tells the story of, of meeting her um, at uh, Ross, what is it, Dress for Less. Okay, Ross, Dress for Less. I was doing loss prevention. I only worked one Saturday the whole time I was there, and I happened to work with her. Uh, uh, and, the, and the interesting thing is I was, I was driving one day, and I saw her car. It used to say 1-800-ZIP. And I saw the license plate, so I put a flyer for the church on, on her car. But she didn't come then. Another guy from the church came, and she came after. And obviously, she's here. Her husband's here. And some other people have, have followed them along. Or Cynthia, uh, Pastor Mel worked at Bank of America, what, was it eight months? Nine months? We'll give you nine. Okay, so nine months <laughs> before they let her go. Uh, but she, while she was there, she was talking to uh, Cynthia, and she was just saying how we left the other church at 10:10, October 10, 2010, at, at the 10 a.m. service. So 10:10:10 10, 10, 10 at the 10 a.m. service, 
And so, uh, so Cynthia said, what? She's like, my birthday is October 10th. And so again, a connection was made. Cynthia comes to the church. I think Cynthia came the second service, right? And so the, so the first, was it, yeah, I think it was the second service. Because the first service, we had 46 people. The second service, we had two people, right? No, she came to third service. The second service, we had eight people. Third service, we had two people, her and her daughter. <laughs> right? So Cynthia's been coming ever since. Why? Because of connections. Or Pastor Mel met LaBarber uh, getting your nails done? Yeah. And so LaBarber's here. Uh, so so you, you don't want to... Uh, you don't want to take for granted God's connections. You know, we say it's a small world, but big God. The Bible says in Hebrews 10, 25, this is another audible, but it says, don't forsake what? Assembling of yourselves, right? Don't forsake what? Oh, here, let's look at it. Let's just look at it. Hebrews 10, 25, it says, it says, not forsaking the assembling of ourselves together as the manner of some is, but exhorting one another and so much the more. So it says, don't forsake connecting with the connections. Now, now think about it. When we're in our funk or we're in ourselves, what's the first thing we do? We isolate ourselves, right? When we're in our funk and we're in ourselves, what's the first thing we do? We isolate ourselves. Like, we, 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 we're distracted from the connection, right? Just like as God speaking his word, you got to stay connected. You got to stay dialed in. Nothing is more important than staying dialed in because you can miss exactly what you need, right? And so he says, don't forsake this yourselves together. But it says, look, it says also, it says, assembling ourselves together as the manner of some is, but it didn't stop there. It says exhorting one another and so much the more. So when you get around the proper fellowship, I'm going to read a, another scripture here. Uh, I think I have it that uh, just show you how that's essential in us operating in, in the kingdom. And so I, I, I also look at, uh, I think about Genesis 32, 22 through 31. And so, so it was Jacob making a connection. But remember we said you have to, you, you, you don't know if you're entertaining angels unawares, right? So you got to be so mindful because you never know when God's sending you an angel. So uh, somebody could be doing fast week. Somebody could be up here speaking. It doesn't have to be me. And we could, we could be so casual, but suppose you're entertaining an angel unaware that's speaking exactly what God wants you to get that particular day. Now, you didn't miss it if you wasn't paying attention. Why? Because you didn't hear it. So you don't know what you miss. And then you go, we get into circumstances, and when we get into circumstances, we go, well, I don't understand why I'm going through this. Why would God be allowing this? And God's sitting there the whole time. I sent you a messenger. You wasn't listening. And you thought that that word wasn't important, but that was, was supposed to get you out of this situation you're in. You see what I'm saying? You, 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 we can't be casual with those things. And so uh, Genesis 32 uh, is when Jacob recognized it was the angel. And the angel was going to keep on going. He's like, oh, no, 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 no. I'm not letting you go until you bless me. So he understood not only the value, but he understood that I can get something from this, this angel, right? And so I was, as I was reading through Genesis 32, uh, 22 to 31, I asked something. Why do we know about that angel? Like, why, why is this something that we know about? You know, why is it important that we know about that angel? Why is it important that we know about Ananias and Paul's story? Why, why is he even written in there? Like, like because, I, see, I think through this, I think how sometimes we dismiss God's angels because all we want to say is, uh, God, 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 God. And, and the thing is, our job is supposed to appreciate God. The person that, that, that God is using is supposed to glorify God. But you're supposed to appreciate who God sends. Because case in point, Ananias is in the Bible for a reason. Because we could have just as easily said, God gave Paul his sight back. 
But it wasn't God. God used what? An obedient vessel that had to have faith to make sure he, Paul got his sight back. So all these, all these mentions in the Bible, we were talking about this in Bible school, we'd be reading through all these names. But if your name is written there, see, if we were, were writing this story, would anyone know about the angels in our lives? So if you're writing a story, would people just know about what happened or, or, or your shine of, I got through, would they know about all the angels God used to help you to get through? Because we know about Paul's. We know about Rahab. Somebody had to write it in. Would you write in all the angels in your story? Would you even remember all the angels in your story? Because sometimes we're so easily dismissing connections. We just blow off the connection. As long as we got what we want out the deal, that's the most important part for us. Whether we got our house, whether we got our healing, whether we got our word, as long as we got what we want, but we're blowing off the path to get there, the connections. But if, if God used you, would you want to be in that story? Right? So think about it. Are we really paying attention? So the scripture says this in Galatians 4, 1 and 2. That's the equipping heirs for the kingdom of God scripture. It says uh, the heir differs nothing from a servant as long as he's a child or as he or she is a child but it's under tutors and governors to the point in time of the father. So are, are in positions where they have connections of people that are guiding them through, challenging them through, right? And the difference between a connection and just an acquaintance, a connection pays attention. A true connection pays attention. Some of us may say, yeah, you know, I'm a connection in people's lives. You're not a connection if you're not paying attention, if you're too busy to pay attention, Right? You may think, why they need me? But people don't need you if you're, if you're, if you're too busy. To, when your only focus uh, when, it, when it's a benefit to you. People, people don't pick up that connection. They pick up a connection that's all about others, right? So look, look here at uh, 1 Corinthians 2. Let's go to 1 Corinthians 2. We're going to hit a couple things in 1 Corinthians 2 as it relates to connection. Excuse me. Mount sneeze, I thought was coming, but it went back. <laughs> All right, so 1 Corinthians 2, and let's lock in on verse 9. 1 Corinthians 2, verse 9. It says, uh, but as it is written, I has not seen nor ear heard, neither have entered into the heart of man the things which God has prepared for them that love him. But God has revealed them unto us, by his spirit, for the spirit searches all things, yea, the deep things of God. So the spirit will even show you connections. And so, so, so again, why is the eye not hearing? Why is the, ear, why is the, the eye not seeing? The ear is not hearing, <laughs> right? Because a lot of times uh, there's a lot of distractions and diversions. And when there's distractions and diversions, and they could be positive distractions, Positive meaning not bad, evil things. Distractions are not just evil. It could be good things or good deeds, but nevertheless, they're distractions. When I was not living right, I was dealing with a lot of craziness. It was always putting out fires. When I started to live for God, now I was dealing with a lot of cares. Not, not negative cares, but it was always somebody to help. And before you know it, I'm, I'm, I'm all over the place. And I was like, okay, what's going on? God said, you're not being obedient. You know, you may be uh, doing stuff uh, to uh, build up your significance, but you're not being obedient to me. You're being distracted. You're all over the place. You're not hearing from me. You're just caught up in things. Remember, like Martha, uh, Jesus said, you know, you're troubled about a lot of stuff. But Mary was focused on the needful thing. She was, she, uh, Mary was aware, we're with Jesus. Jesus is speaking. What else could be important? So she actually discerned, hold on a second, this right here is more important than all that right there. You see what I'm saying? And so we have to shut out the distractions to recognize when we, when we, even when we run into people, is this another hustle or a divine connection? So, so in our lives, right, what we, what, a lot of us deal with what? Uh, we deal with fear, like 
Uh, we deal with I don't trust people, right? You know what I'm saying? Because a lot of people have uh, slayed and betrayed us, right? So, so what you do is you're going to protect yourself of that happening. I know for uh, I was raised not to trust people, and because of the, some people I dealt with, I just trained myself, well, that's not going to happen to me no more. So, so I wasn't as inviting. You know, I'm looking at everybody, one eye closed, one eye open. And if they were nice, okay, what's the catch? What's the catch? I know it's an angle here. It's got to be an angle. And so, so that's, that's natural fear and worry. But, but the way we're supposed to operate it in is something called discernment. We're supposed to clear all the noise so we can pick up clearly everybody that comes around us. So we can properly assess connections. See, this is the thing. So, so I, I know I'm, I'm, I'm this person. I'll, I've been sharing this with my nephew, but, but I know I deal with this too. Okay. Uh, and, and I just shared this with uh, 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 Bryce, for people to know Bryce. Bryce is in town in South Carolina, so we met before he had to go uh, to uh, scout out some games, you know, for his team. And so, so we were talking, and I was saying, I said, well, you know, most of my life, my, how I look never represented what was fully in my heart. So even when I met Pastor Mel, and I told her I wasn't having sex till I get married, and Jesus Christ first in my life. Yeah, right. He from New Jersey. Like, I look like, I didn't look the part. You know, because, you, you know, there's a, I guess there's a part, you know, a person look. I didn't look like that guy, right? So even now as I grow, I'm, I'm constantly, I love people, and I'm constantly focused on the things of God. But I can look about business, you know what I'm saying? Like, but I can't see how I look. You know, my, my wife constantly gets on me, oh, well, you look like you was mad, or you look like you was this. But I'm not mad. I'm rarely ever mad about anything, right? But I am about business. And, and again, if people walked in my life, there's a lot that's being carried around. So it's not like I'm just counseling or I'm just preparing a word or I'm just doing graphics or whatever. There's a lot of, uh, of, of life things going on across the country that I, I, I'm allowed to serve and participate in. There's a lot of things God wants to do at Ares Christians in the church that I got to see. There's a lot of things that he wants to do in these people's lives that I got to make sure I serve them right. Right. But, but most of the time, people are in their feelings. So they're not picking up, discerning, oh, oh, he locked into God today. They're going, well, how, how come he didn't uh, make me feel wonderful with a smile today? You see what I'm saying? Because they're not discerning, you know, and I had to do this as an armor bearer. I had to pick up the, the, every pastor that came in town, their flow. Creflo Dollar comes in town. Oh, he locked into God. He ain't speak to nobody. But I can't be like, yo, hey, 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 yo, Dr. Dollar, I'm here. No, no, I, I picked them up. Then somebody would be more relaxed and open, but I still didn't relax. I, I, I served them. I didn't get too familiar with them, even though they were really open. So I had to keep discerning all these different personalities because they don't have time to explain everything to me. And as we grow, realize all these different men and women of God that you're out, the people in your church, everybody don't have time to explain everything. So we got to discern where they are in their heart not always look for what's on the outside and then make a, a final assessment because of how a person looks. We ain't asked them nothing. It's how we feel. So we're projecting our feelings on the other person. But we got to grow to discern because we're missing on connections. A lot of people can miss on a connection with me if you're just waiting for me to always look like Pastor Melanie. Pastor Melanie rolled totally different than me. Like she always, see, in the dictionary, of joy is Pastor Mal. That's why God sent me that brightness because I needed that balance, right? But in dictionary, taking care of business, you're going to see a picture of me, <laughs> right? He taking care of business, right? And, but under love, you'll see both of our pictures because we love people. Both of us love people. You see what I'm saying? But, but if we're not sharpening our discernment, everything is about the one person got offended. They will come to church and, and we have so much to do in the morning. Still talking about connections. And so a lot of times, I, I was the, uh, so, so Marcus is kind of, we'll call you help desk just for right now, okay? But so Marcus is the help desk, right? Hey, this is not working, this, that, and the other. 
But, but behind the scenes, he'll tell you a lot of times I'm Marcus is consultant for certain things, not certain things, right? So, so, Pastor, what do you think about that? Pa- hey, Pastor, I need you over here. But I'm not going, who do you think you're talking to? I'm the pastor. I'm going, yes, sir, Marcus, what do you need? Is that true? I'm not making that up. Right? So, but the interesting thing is in the morning sometimes as he was getting his, everybody's getting their fit, I would come in, I'm ready to preach. Hey, uh, such and such broke down. This would happen. We need this. We can't find this song. Hey, everything went to default. We lost all the music. And I would go in and get right to work because what? What am I there for? I'm sharing the word, right? This is an interruption, right? So, but I got to get it done because service is about to start, right? One person, their whole focus was to make sure I caught eye contact with them and I just said, I acknowledged them to say hi. So they would walk up to me in the booth and they'd just be standing there, almost like, can't you see me? I'm, I'm working. And then later on, you know, some weeks later, I, I thought you didn't like me. I said, based on what? Did you ever ask? Well, you know, sometimes in the morning, I said, what am I doing when I come in the morning? Am I just sitting there in, in the chair just looking around and, and ignoring you? You see what I'm saying? But if you're discerning, this is supposed to be a mature person. If you're discerning, you'll pick up. Oh, he locked in. He getting something done. Hey, 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 I'll talk to you when you finish. Right? You, you, you guys follow me so far? All right. All right, so, so let's go to, uh, we're in 1 Corinthians 2, right? Let's drop down to 14. It says, uh, now this is our scripture for the natural person and disciples' personality, right? Uh, 1 Corinthians 2, 14 says, But the natural man receiveth not the things of the Spirit of God, for they are what? Foolishness unto him, right? Neither can he know them, for they're spiritually discerned. So even if somebody's moving in the Spirit, you're not going to pick it up. You can blow off great information if you convert it into foolishness because you're in the natural and not in the spirit. If it doesn't line up with what everybody's doing, you can shut down something. Or if it doesn't line up with your personal philosophies, how you think it should flow, you can, listen, do you realize all, everybody in this church has a different personality and they flow different? You know, everybody's not, hey, how you doing? realize I'm preaching to an audience. I got Pastor Mel over there. I got a couple people over there. It's like, oh, my God, this is wonderful. But everybody's not doing that. So I actually, some people in thought, some people in conviction, some people in, oh, man, this is just hard for me to be around the Word because they're growing in the Word. I can't be moved by their faces or their looks. I got to discern their heart and pour into that heart. Do you understand that? Somebody says something to do something. I can't take it personal. Y'all might look at me and go, his face looks weird. Guess what? I'm not by myself. Yours do too. Don't believe me? Ask your spouse. Right? And so we got to be able to discern certain things. And and this says, this this talks about discernment. Right? This is the thing. The scripture says, um, there's wolves in sheep's clothing, right? And then Matthew 7, 15. So we got we to gotta know if it's a purpose connection or is it a wolf connection? Is, it, is, is somebody deceptive and hiding? As pastors, we got to discern. Some of our patience is not if we discover they're a wolf, we kick them out. We're waiting them to convert into sheep. But we got to be patient with that. But if you're discerning, you would go, yeah, pastor's waiting for that person to be confirmed. I know what Pastor Mel's doing. She's waiting for that, 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 that sheep, to, that, that wolf to be shed off, as opposed to, what's wrong with Pastor Mel? Why is she being, why is she, don't she see that person's a wolf? See, see which, some of us are just looking for wolves to get rid of them. That whole, uh, our whole life in Christianity is, I spotted a wolf. There's a wolf. Wolves can be converted too. You see what I'm saying? And if you, if you know us, wolves don't intimidate us. We, we could be around a wolf. We ain't running. But we're trying to convert the wolf too. Discernment sees that because the wolf could be a connection but trapped in a wolf's body. You understand what I'm saying? 
See, you, you get to pick up all that. L- listen, God takes this young man right here, this vessel, and he uses this vessel any way he wants. He'll have me silly. He'll have me foolish. He'll have me aggressive. He'll have me attack. He'll have me retreat. He'll have me quiet. He'll have me loud. If you're discerning, you'll understand, whoa, God is trying to get us something. If you're not, who do you think he's talking to? You're missing. You're missing a connection. You're missing a connection. So you got to be able to discern those things. And it's hard for, to be around a man of God of patience because you want him to rush into changing what you think. Discernment will show you the path. Oh, we're right on path. I know there's some wisdom behind this, right? Does that make sense? Look, look, look. If Ezekiel 44, another audible. Ezekiel 44. Apologize, people watching online. You're going to have to write down more scriptures than normal today. The old school is back how we used to do it, right? You know, um, but just, just, you know, just write them down. And uh, you can go over them later, okay? So you can stay locked in on what we're talking about today. All right, so look, look, at verse 23, Ezekiel 44, verse 23. It says, and they shall teach my people, look, the difference between holy and profane and cause them to discern between the unclean and the clean. Now, 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 the Amplified says, the priest shall teach my people the difference between the holy and the profane. The priest so, so my job is to teach God's people to discern. Listen, my job is not to teach God's people to just to like me. My job is to teach God's people to see for themselves, to pick up who's around them, not just me to tell them, oh, what are you doing? Why are you with that person? My job is to, 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 to help people to see they can sharpen their discernment and they know how to move. We're comfortable around kryptonite in our lives at times because we're not discerning. And, 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 and sometimes we don't want to discern because it's a responsibility. Now I'm, let's guess, guess, I'm already committed to these relationships. Now I, if I discern, now I have to choose to separate and they're going to be mad at me. They're going to talk about me. Yes, you're correct. <laughs> Because now you're picking, you're choosing a side as opposed to staying neutral so everybody will like you. Or staying neutral so nobody will challenge you on what you're doing wrong. That's, that's why we live in a world where everything's all good. Not because everybody thinks it's all good. If we just leave it neutral, then I don't have to be accountable for my choices. That's why the, the, how people flow in this culture like they do now. But it's about discerning what's uh, between the holy and the profane and what's clean and unclean. You got to pick it up. And then you got to make a choice. And you may think, well, if I make the choice, I'm just, but they're nice. They're nice and they're dirty. Nice don't mean you clean. Holy mean you clean. And the thing is, if you make a choice, guess what? They, look, they can follow you into the shower. I'm, 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 I'm sorry about that one. That sounds kind of weird. You know, y'all know what I meant, though. They, as you clean, they can clean, too. They can be next in the shower. That probably sounds better. In the spiritual shower we're talking about, right? Stop laughing, Stephanie. All right, so let's go to Malachi. I probably messed that one all up, didn't I? Let's go to Malachi. Let's go. <laughs> uh, uh, Malachi. Malachi 3. And, and, and I really wanted to read the whole chapter, but we don't always have time. You know, Malachi 3 is where it says, uh, shall a man rob God? Well, how, and then you say, how do we rob you? He says, in tithes and offering. He says, bring your tithes in the storehouse. There will be meat in my house. Prove me therewith that I won't pour out a blessing you won't have room enough to receive. I rebuke the devourer for your sake. He says, and your vine won't cast forth fruit before its time. He says, oh, but then he goes on and says, your words have been stout against me. 
He says, in your words, you said, man, we don't have to really lock into God all like that. It don't take all like that. And then so he started talking to the people like, like, what are y'all doing? And in verse 16, he says this. I'm going to read it out of the classic Amplified version. He says, then those who feared the Lord talked often one to another, Bible study fellowship. Right? Those that feared, reverenced the Lord, talked often one to another. You can't talk often one to another if you isolate it. Right? If you're not in fellowship, you ain't talking to nobody. You're losing the ability to grow and to flow. Right? And then it says, look, look. It says, and the Lord listened and heard it. The Lord is attracted to Bible study fellowship because people are talking about him and they're growing and their eyes are opening and they're realizing and they thought the scripture meant that and they found out that they had meant it. They thought they knew it, but they didn't know the history. The minister Lamar came on and gave all the history. <laughs> Talked about their cousins and, and, and how the cousins was wrong, right? right? So, but God, God is, is excited that they're around talking about him. And he said, look, look, he says, the Lord listened and heard it. Look, and a book of remembrance was written before him of those who reverence and worshipfully feared the Lord who thought on his name, his honor. They, a list was created of, of the people that was fellowshipping around God's word, not casual with God's word, not too busy to pay attention, right? And it says, and they shall be mine, saith the Lord of hosts, in that day when I publicly recognize and openly declare them to be my jewels, my special possession, my peculiar treasure. So God's saying these people that are consistently connecting, connecting with their connections, fellowshipping, God is listening to, they're going to a list will be made of the people that he's going to display before many. Because they're his special people. Why wouldn't they be? They reverence him. In your house, you like the child that reverence the authority in the house. The other child's getting on your nerves. You're attracted to listening to their conversation on the phone. Well, my mom taught me this. Well, one of the things about my mom, sometimes she stretches me, but one of the things she told me is this. You, right? You want to do, you want to go buy the child something that day. Why? Because they reverenced you. They're getting it, right? Because you ain't telling them just to go, if you want to do this, you can. You're telling them, like, don't make the mistakes I made. Right? It says, and I, will, and I will spare them as a man spares his own son who serves him. Then shall you return, look, and discern. It says, when you have this fellowship, when you're reverencing, when I display, you'll return. That means you left from doing it. And discern between the righteous and the wicked, between him who serves God and him who does not serve him. So, so there's a line in the sand. Everybody's not serving God. He says, but you'll be able to discern that. It all started with, tell a man rob God. Right? We learn that through context. It all rolls together. You might want to go back and read Malachi 3. Right? See, it's important. Look, even uh, 1 Corinthians eleven twenty nine. 29, I'll just reference it. But, you know, we talk about it. It talks about, that's the uh, communion scripture. Right? When it talks about communion. Right? When we have the, the ordinance of communion. You know, reminding ourselves of Christ giving his body and with the bread and representing the bread that was broken and giving his blood, which represents the New Testament in his blood, right? But the interesting thing, it says, before you, you participate in communion, well, let's go here. Let's go to 1 Corinthians 11. I'm going to lock it in the connections. We're talking about connections, small world, but big God, right? All right, so, so 1 Corinthians 11 and... Uh, Wow. I want to hit 29, but hold on a second. All right, so after he walks through uh, 
take, eat of this of my body. This is verse 24. Then he says, this cup, this is New Testament in my blood, verse 25. And then, uh, then it says, for often as you eat this bread, eat it. Eat, uh, verse 26, we'll just start there. It says, for as often as you eat this bread and drink this cup, ye do show the Lord's death till he come. You're, re, you're, you're, you're reminding of, reminded of what Christ did. Verse 27, wherefore, whether you shall eat this bread or drink this cup of the Lord unworthily, no, it says, wherefore, whosoever shall, uh, this is talking about communion, eat this bread and drink this cup of the Lord unworthily shall be guilty of the body and the blood of the Lord. Verse 28, but let a man, underneath man is male and female, examine themselves, we'll say it that way, and so let him eat of that bread and drink of that cup. So really, really search your heart here. Verse 29, for he that eateth and drinketh unworthily eateth and drinketh damnation to himself, right? Then it says this, not discerning the Lord's body. Now, now when you read that, it's saying not discerning the Lord's body. I want to read it, uh, I think this is the Amplified Version. It says, uh, so, so it says, for anyone who eats and drinks without discriminating or recognizing with, look, look, with due appreciation that it is Christ's body, eats and drinks a sentence, a verdict of judgment upon himself. So just like you discern and appreciate the Lord's body in communion, you have to discern and appreciate the body of Christ in community. So just like you discern the Lord's body in communion, that means recognizing due appreciation of what God did with his body, you also have to discern and recognize and appreciate the body of Christ in community because we're coming together to commune. Root word is commune. You have to properly discern, appreciate the connections. You can't just take God's God died for lives to come to Christ to display Christ throughout the world. People that are obedient and reverent, given their life to be buried in Christ, are, are representing Christ. It's not, it's not I that live, it's Christ that lives through me. So now that's Christ. You have to properly discern Christ. Another divine connection. You can't just be blowing off stuff. That's why you, you, uh, uh, people say if you uh, take communion and you got art, you know, you pray, pray, pray for forgiveness or something, but don't, don't, don't be uh, divisive or, or sowing discord and all types of stuff and then you start uh, attaching yourself to the death, burial, and resurrection because that death, burial, and resurrection was to get rid of that nonsense. And if that nonsense is attached to you, it's just like the anointing is the burden-removing, yoke-destroying power of God. Christ, the word Christ means the anointed one and the anointing. <laughs> Removing things that's severing connections, not adding things that's causing connections. Does that make sense? I know, that's actually, you probably never read that that way, but God be doing some, um, some marvelous things <laughs> with the Scriptures, you know, when you start really reading it through. Even when, when, when out of all the gifts... He afforded us, at, when it's needed, he'll throw in that gift of discerning of spirits. 1 Corinthians 12, 10, right? It, it says, to another working of miracles, to another prophetic insight, the gift of interpreting the divine will and purpose, to another the ability to discern between the utterances of true spirits and false ones. That's the discerning of spirits. It's a gift. That's poured on a person, one of, the, one of the nine gifts of the spirits, for them to pick up what's happening in the spirit realm. See, some people be running from that. Oh, every time I come to church, I start seeing what's going on in the spirit realm. Yeah, yeah, because you have a gift. Now you have to come in a house to learn how to use it. You got to connect with one another. You got to be in Bible study fellowships to learn how to properly hone that gift. I shared that the other day, like in the movie Superman. He, has, he could hear what everybody was thinking. So his dad had to teach him how to handle being able to pick up what everybody's thoughts without going crazy. 
hey, we pick up thoughts that everybody's not saying and almost lose our minds. He was actually picking up exactly what they were saying. We just be making up what they, we think people are saying. And it keeps us all over the place. Can't go to sleep at night. Try, try to go to sleep with the TV on to, to, to like create a diversion from all the noise in your head. Scared to be alone. Right? See, hey, now, see, you, you got to discern why that was said. That was said to challenge a person to know that you don't have to live there. You can grow beyond that. It wasn't to go, ah, I'm better than you. I can go to sleep at night quiet. That wasn't the point. See, you got to discern. You can't just go, oh, woe is me. That's me. I'm doing that. You got to go, oh, there's hope. You got, we got to start moving ahead. Not soaking in, oh, I can't believe I've been doing that. He's talking about me. <laughs> stop. Please stop. You don't have to do that. God is sending angels and messengers and connections to let you know, hey, you don't have to stay there. I used to go to sleep with the TV on all the time. You know why? Because I didn't want to hear all that other noise. And then I had extra noise because you go to sleep and now you got the movie in your, in your dream, right? Pastor Mel used to go to sleep with TV on too, <laughs> right? But we, go, we, go, we can go to sleep. When it's time to go to bed, we shut the TV off. And if we forget, the TV shuts off on its own. We go to sleep in silence. We drive in silence at times because we want to hear God. You can do it. You can do it, right? <laughs> you can do it, right? <laughs> what was that, man? I... <laughs> uh, hold on, hold on, hold on. All right, so, so First Kings. Uh, I'm going to just give you the script. But, uh, I have a note here that says we have to read it. <laughs> so let's go to First Kings 17. I got to tell myself stuff. I'll be to run through the whole thing. Give myself notes. Some of y'all know how I flow because y'all got notes now. Y'all be like, ah, it's color-coded. Ah, ah, that's how he crystallized that. I know y'all be doing that. <laughs> that's cool. It's, it's no secrets, right? That's how we're going to grow and flow together, right? Hey, see, don't, see, don't, you have to discern even what God is doing. Listen. Okay, everybody I've seen here is a special person. Everybody's a special person. So if I say Trina is special, that doesn't mean Stephanie's not special. The Lord's just highlighting Trina's special. But we can't always go, oh, really? Do we got to keep hearing Trina this? No, it's her birthday, okay? Your birthday's coming. Same thing. We have all these special people. Guess what? You have special churches across the world. Phenomenal churches. But I'm not just saying it because we're pastors. But Ayers is a special church. But I'm not saying it because we're pastors and I go here. I'm saying it because everybody that comes around tells me this. There's things that we do we're, we've taken for granted people don't do. Listen, I, I have somebody that just sat around in a, a, a Bible study fellowship in a class Yes, they learned from what was being taught, but they learned from what was being shared by everybody else. Like, I've never seen this before. Man, this is good. Like, like, I don't have to think what people's thinking. They're telling me. And then when they said that, that helped me because that's how I process it. Man, they loving it. You got to discern and appreciate and reverence it's special. Don't take it for granted. Because it ain't, don't happen everywhere. All these people around here teaching don't happen. You know, we know each other. You know why we know each other? Because we all do fast week and stuff like that. And we're in Bible study fellowships. We speak in the mic. So we get to know each other. Do you know there's a lot of churches, people sitting around, they're not connected. They don't know each other. They don't know what nobody's thinking. They don't know nobody's story. Because they rarely get to share it. Everybody up this piece don't share their story. I know all Stephanie's business. I know everything going on with the Washingtons. <laughs> Just ask me. You wanna, so, but when people come to me and they talk to me about people, 
They just can't tell me or Pastor Mel anything because we know everybody. So somebody just come out of nowhere and go, well, I just think such and such did such and such. You must be talking about the wrong person. You got it, you got it twisted. You may don't know that we know them. <laughs> like me and my wife, we're the best of friends. You just can't roll up at me and tell me anything about Pastor Mel. Matter of fact, sometimes I just be looking at you smiling like, really? So you hating on Pastor Mel, huh? Because I know you don't know. So you can't say something totally out of character for Pastor Mel. And then, like, I'm boo-boo the fool over here. Like, 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 like we're, we old school church where I'm the pastor. She's sitting over in the corner. And, she, like, she, I don't keep her up to speed. I don't let her know what's going on. She just, just look good, baby. Wear your hat. Make sure you tilt it to the side. That's how we roll it? No, we, we, we talk about everything. And just because I don't tell you that she told me, we talk about everything. But some, some stuff is in her wheelhouse. She's gifted. Like, baby, you got that? It's, it's FYI for me. And I don't have to roll up on you. Yeah, Pastor Mel told me what's going on. I don't need to do that. She got it. <laughs> like, you know what I'm saying? She does the same thing. She ain't telling you I know. She ain't telling she knows what I know. She's like, Pastor got that. But she needs to know just in case, you know, how we do around here. So, so you ask me something. Then you catch Pastor Mel. So, Pastor Mel, I wanted to ask you something. And it was the same thing you asked me, but you wanted maybe a different angle. But suppose I ain't talked to her. Right? Now you got to go through all the intel all over again. Just discern, man. It's a family. Right? It's connections. So, 1 Corinthians, uh, 1 Kings... 17. Thank you, Hope. See, all different types of personalities. We got a hope in the house. You know, hope going to make sure we together up in here. All right, so, so I appreciate you, Hope. I appreciate the rest of y'all, too. It's Hope's birthday, okay? Stop. <laughs> all right. All right, so uh, King, 1 Kings 17, verse 8. It says, and the word of the Lord came unto him, saying. Now, that's the key. A lot of chapters open up, and the word of the Lord came unto him. We're about to do a message uh, maybe in a month or so called Access Denied, right? And, and actually, baby, could you send me the scripture? Just text me the scripture right here. 1 Kings uh, 17, 8, because it fits with what we're going to talk about. All right, and then verse 9, it says, Arise, so this is the word of the Lord. Arise, get thee to Zarephath which belongs to Zidon, and dwell there. Behold, I have commanded a widow woman there to sustain thee. Now, this is a man of God. God moved on a woman of, a, 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 a widow woman, she, one called, wasn't nothing. Not, not that she wasn't nothing, but she wasn't, she had no title or nothing. But this is the person that was supposed to sustain him. But suppose he's like, I'm the man of God. What this old widow woman going to do for me? But he had to, you got to discern. You got to, you got to pick up, right? And it says, so he arose and went to Zarephath. And when he came to the gate of the city, behold, the widow woman was there gathering of sticks. And he called to her and said, fetch me, I pray thee, a little water in a vessel that I may drink. Now, what was the word of the Lord? She's supposed to sustain him. So, so all he knows is what God told him. So she's getting herself together. She's fetching her, her, her firewood to fix her meal. So this is the person supposed to feed me, right? All right, so verse 11. And as he was going to fetch, he called her. Uh, I'm sorry, bring. Uh, uh, oh, as he was going to fetch, he called her and said, bring me, I pray thee, a morsel of bread, a morsel of bread in thy hand. And she said, as the Lord thy God uh, liveth, I have not a cake but a handful of meal in a barrel and a little oil in a cruise, and behold, I'm gathering two sticks that I may go in and dress it for me and my son, that we may eat it and die. Last, this is our last supper. So basically, he's saying, hey, look like you got a little, little, little grub. Give it to me. She's saying, no, I don't think you understand. This is our last. So we're going to have a meal and die. So we don't have nothing to give to you. Right? Elijah said unto her, fear not. Go and do as thou said, but make, the, make me there of a little cake first and bring it unto me and after make thee and for thy son. So she already said she just got enough for them. So first of all, a lot of things going on here. The man of God had to be obedient. 
The man of God had to be a discerner. And how many men of God, I don't even know the way I'd be operating, if I would have said, oh, oh, y- y'all got enough of yourself? Don't, don't worry about it. You know, but he had to be obedient. Don't make me a cake first. Right? And then, then take care of yourself. So, so she's like, we barely got enough of us. What kind of man of God are you? See, that's what she could have thought. She could have thought that. Verse 14. It says, For thus said the Lord of God of Israel, the barrel of meal shall not, this is the man of God, shall not waste, neither shall the cruise of oil fail until the day that the Lord sendeth the rain upon the earth. And she went and did according to the saying of Elijah, and she and he and her house did eat many days. So he's asking her to make a faith move. If, if we're so caught up in our circumstances, she's ready to die. And, and, and our circumstances is bigger than our ability to discern a divine connection. She could have missed out on her family living. But she had to pick up, I know what my focus is. I know this is my last, but the man of God told me to give him some. So she, she, she had to be a solid woman of God to discern, oh, no, forget what I was planning to do. I'm going to do what thus saith the Lord. And look, a divine connection saved her life. See, so we must shut out the distractions to recognize and appreciate who's, who we're really walking with, who we're walking with. She had to recognize he wasn't just the average guy that showed up. He was a divine connection to save her life, independent of her circumstance. So sometimes we're going, why is this happening? Because we're not rec- recognizing the divine connection because we got all that noise in our head. We got, I'm ready to die. This is my last in, in, in our head. That's bigger than recognizing what God's sending to us, right? We got to recognize who we're walking with. Let's look at Luke 24. We're talking about connections, right? And there, there's much people in the city, like he, like he told Paul. And, but sometimes we're not picking up on the connections. We're running past them. We're too busy while we're around them. We're caught up in trying to make sure we look good, our search for significance. We, we call ourselves on the grind, and the whole time we're losing our mind. All right, so uh, Luke 2430. Uh, and it says this. It says, and it came to pass, as he said at me, and this is talking about Jesus, uh, so Jesus basically was resurrected, but they didn't recognize him. It says, it came to pass, as he sat at meat with them, he took bread and blessed it and broke it and gave to them. And their eyes were open, and they knew him, and he vanished out of their sight. And they said to one another, wait a minute, did not our hearts burn within us while he talked with us by the way, and while he opened to us the scriptures? So the backdrop of the story is Jesus shows up. He's resurrected because he's in his glorified body. They don't even really know who he is. They're not discerning who he is. And they're probably caught up in the depression of we lost our master, our rock star that was making us look good. He got, you know, they saw him. He's crucified. You know, you know, everything looks bad. Jesus shows up. They don't really recognize, but he's walking with them. They're talking about the scriptures. They're having Bible study fellowship. He shows up on the scene. He hears them, right? And he's like, he, he's like, oh, yeah, that's a good point. What about, hey, look, think about it from this angle, right? Think about it from this angle. So, so they're so engaged in the word. <laughs> then he, he broke the bread. Look, look, why did he, Jesus could have did anything? Why did they recognize who he was when he broke the bread? Because it reminded them of communion, And as soon as they were reminded of communion, they properly discerned the Lord that was around them. <laughs> right? And then so they picked up and they said, so, so when they realized who it was, he vanished. And they said, wait a minute, now that I think about it, didn't our hearts burn when he was talking about the word? See, that's how you got to recognize the angels unaware. When they're talking to you, something happens on the inside of you. Illumination takes place. It ain't just average information now. Right? Didn't our hearts burn? But see, 
We got to stop defaulting back in a, but I don't trust nobody. We got to stop default backing into our head. Let me ask you this. When we default back into our head, are we assuming that we have all knowledge? When we're asking all these questions, because honestly, if you're growing, you should be discovering more than trying to prove your perspective. When you're still growing, like when did you, when did you get the approval or the stamp of approval that, that where you are is all there is? What you know is all there is. There should be a level of humility as we talk about Bible school. Right? You go into the Bible in humility. We talk about the humility, the history, and the harmony. But you go by, you, every time you open the Word, you go into humility. Every time you come to a Bible study, you come to a service, it should be a level of humility. Yeah, go back and search the Scriptures to see if it's so. You got plenty of Scriptures to search. Right? Plenty of Scriptures to break down. So it's not like you getting, um, I was about to say something that wasn't going to be good about somebody else. But it's not like you're just getting personal preferences. You're getting the word. Everything is lined up with the word so you can go back and search the scriptures. Personal preferences, what Pastor Keith thinks, that's, that's, that's a personal preference. Everybody should like the Dallas Cowboys. That's a personal preference. That's not Bible. Everybody should wear Adidas. That's stupid. Marcus, I didn't need no like amens over there, right? But but I'm saying from the standpoint of from the pulpit, that's just a personal preference. You understand what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah. Uh, uh, if, if I if I give you a political angle, it's a personal preference because there's no chapter and verse on that. I'm not talking about what the Bible says that maybe a party agrees with. That's not what I'm talking about. I'm talking about Leaning on a party, and stuff. that's personal preference. Somebody's going to think something different. Some people just grew up, long as it got color on it, then you follow it. Right? Some people grew up, the trip is, everybody got color. You know that, right? Everybody's colored. You know that, right? See, that's messages. No, 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 we colored. Everybody colored. So how many clear people do you know in your life? I mean, just flat out clear. <laughs> so that means everybody got color there, right? <laughs> Stop, Z. I just, I, you know, I just, I, th- I think we, we, uh, we, people mess up our discernment because we allow people to think for us. And God, let, let this mind be in you that was also in Christ Jesus. And you'll see things totally different. Not totally different if you're already thinking like Christ. I'm saying if if, if, if you're somewhat clouded, right? And so so, so if you think about this, look, let's go to uh, John. We just got a couple minutes and we're done. Let's go to John 1. Because this ability to discern our connections is how we are living this wonderful life in Jesus, right? So John 1 and verse 11. Now, now, now it's, it's, it's so interesting because before this chapter starts off, it breaks down how, why we should reverence uh, Christ. It says, the beginning of the Word was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the, and the same was God. The same was in the beginning with God. I'm probably not saying it exactly the way it said, but John 1, 1, right? So, so that means... So Christ was in the beginning because he said, let us make man in our image after his likeness. So we know God wasn't there by himself, right? Right? And so then it, it, it talks about the word being light and stuff like that. And then verse 11, it says, um, and he came unto his own. This is Christ. And his own received him not. They didn't properly discern him. It says, but as many as received him, to them gave he power to become sons of God, even to them that believe on his name. We talked about 
we've been talking about uh, believers, right, on, a, on um, Sunday, right? So, they, so imagine Christ showing up, and they're not receiving him. They're not discerning he's Christ. They're, they're, they're constantly, and this is, this is what we've been doing in our culture, we're constantly trying to reduce peculiar, special, anointed, powerful people down to, well, they're they human just like me. You notice there's a, there, there, it'll be a packed church if the philosophy was, you know, then the person's doing all types of crazy and they're behind the pulpit, right? Well, you know, hey, you know, and you say stuff, why is that people still going to church? Well, you know, he's human just like me. So, so every once in a while, God will allow me to be the interpreter. So sometimes people are speaking languages that we don't understand. So you ever been around somebody speaking a foreign language and they're speaking a foreign language you don't understand, they're basically cussing you out, but you don't know? So you're smiling the whole time they're cussing you out. <laughs> and you're going, okay, <laughs> thank you, thank you. And they just cussed you out, right? Well, sometimes people are saying things around you and we're not picking them up because we don't know their language. So when you hear, hey, he wears the pants just like me, the interpretation of that is, cool, I can continue to compromise, still go to church, and feel comfortable. I was just trying to interpret, because sometimes we don't pick that up. We think they honestly are just all about finding somebody that's just human, just like me. No. A man of God is set apart. We just said discern the holy and the profane, just in us everyday Christians. What do you think a man of God that has to teach people how to discern good and evil? He got to set himself apart. He, they can, he can't. So no, he can't just operate naturally. If he's operating naturally, fine. If he wants to be human, leave the pulpit. You don't have to, you, hey, there's no rule. You ain't got to, hey, you don't have to pastor the church. You don't have to lead the people. You can grow, just sit over there and grow, grow along with them, but don't, 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 don't lead them because you have to set yourself apart. Man of God, woman of God. Everybody got to set themselves apart, right? Yeah, you can't, you, 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 a fool utters all his mind. As a pastor, I can't be a fool. I just can't utter everything I think. Even if it's, I know you're gifted, I can't, I, I can't get in God's way. I got to guide you there, but I can't always tell you everything. Like, like for me, it's not about gossip. I can't, I'm not, I don't feed off of gossip. I'm a man of God. I, I'm not, I don't have to respond to everything on Facebook that I don't agree with. I don't respond to nothing on Facebook I don't agree with. Because I, I, I can't get pulled into something like that. Yes, I have an opinion, but I can't get pulled into that. You understand what I'm saying? Like, we just can't operate the same way. Does that make sense? And, and, and so... When you do, when you, we got to be able to discern all these connections. We're missing out on connections. We miss out on connections. We miss out on our fit. We miss out on our fit. We miss out on our strength. You miss out on our strength. You miss out on your power. You miss out on your power. You miss, miss out on manifestation. There is no power in isolation. Isolating yourself from the body? There's no, there's no power behind that, Right? Stealing away with God is power, you know, for the person out there in TV land that tried to hit me with the, the audible. I wasn't talking about that. It's isolating yourself from the body, okay? Since he said don't forsake that, right? The scripture says this, if they had known who they were crucifying, they wouldn't have done it. So why did they? Because they didn't know. They couldn't discern the value. They exchanged him for a, a thief. <laughs> yeah, I mean, he might have been a thief and a murderer. I'm not, you know, it's not like I study out. Who's that, Barnabas? Barabbas? Right. Well, it's not like I spent all my time studying him out, you know. But the bottom line is, he, was, he wasn't holy. <laughs> we know that. They had a choice. Oh, just give us that. Give, give, us, give us our boy. Give me my cousin. And you had, look, they had a choice. They could have delivered Jesus. 
Imagine here, here, Jesus still had to die for our sins, but they would have had like a glitch, you know, like Jesus got delivered and then they would have figured another way to crucify him. But it wouldn't have been that day because all those that would have discerned would have been like, oh, no, 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 Jesus. Put that Barabbas on the cross. That, that, that's the Messiah right there, right? And so, so, so now he's displaying himself through his ministering angels, through these, through these vessels that are yielding to him. And people are denying him all over again, day by day by day. Oh, when they take Micaiah for granted, they're denying him. Because he's, he's speaking through her. Oh, she's just, he's a young puppy, you know, fresh out the pack, you know. <laughs> you know, she, you know, what's, what, what, that, what that little girl know? She, she don't know nothing. She a kid. I, I'm, I'm grown. Don't be a grown fool and not discern who God is using. Right? Now listen to that girl. All right, that's all for today. I, I got a lot more, but we'll uh we'll pick up here uh with uh why you gonna get double for your shame. <laughs> right? We'll do that uh next week. Lord willing. Let's see throw audible and there's a whole nother sermon next week. <laughs> you know, it's kinda how things can, can roll these days.